0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Level Play Podcast, your source for everything related to athlete brand management. My name is Dave Kalin, and I will be your host for today's festivities. So, it's a nice spring day outside, at least when I'm recording this episode, and March Madness is going on, and it seems that this happens every March Madness and every Bowl Championship Series and maybe every College World Series as well. We bring up the same topic every year, and that's the ongoing debate with the NCAA and student-athletes and how they are and how they should be compensated for representing their school. Students think that they should benefit from the profits generated by the university because of sports, and that is worth billions. And the schools say no, you get an education, and you get a scholarship, and room and board, and, you know, at a place like Harvard or Stanford, that can actually be worth quite a lot. And this has been going on for decades already, but it seems to be coming to a point now. You've probably seen the hashtag trending not NCAA property. Uh, meant to just bring awareness to the topic, but there are also quite a few court battles and laws being discussed right now at many levels of government. Most recently, uh, oral arguments were just presented at the Supreme Court over whether the NCAA is basically acting like a monopoly. Uh, I'm really oversimplifying it, but that's the basis of it. Uh, there are a number of bills being sponsored at the congressional level, regarding student safety and equity, uh, as well as profit sharing. And a number of bills are also being sponsored at the state level regarding name, image, and likeness, NIL, which allows students to share profits from a school using their athletes in any promotions or deals with advertisers or, or television rights. And each one of these addresses a different aspect of the NCAA's monopoly. Well, the Supreme Court case actually uses the term monopoly. But it all comes down to do students deserve to be compensated? If so, then how? And really, what does it even mean to be an amateur anymore? I mean, the IOC threw out that concept years ago for the Olympics, so is the NCAA that far behind? So I thought I'd call up my buddy John, that's John Hallman. He also works at Level Play Sports and thought we would just shoot the breeze and talk about this whole NCAA matter and see where it goes from there. If anything, it'll sound better than just me giving a solo lecture for 20 minutes. So let's bring John in. Hey man, how's it going? Good. How are you today? I'm doing well. So, you heard my wonderful introduction. <laughs> uh, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, the NCAA was created over 100 years ago to effectively create the notion of a student athlete and to have competition at the, at the collegiate level. But I think the model is really coming under fire for its outdatedness, if you will, that with the advent of social media, uh, the recognition of personal brand value. Um, you know there was there was no Air Jordan back back then, and now that's what kids look up to. Is I want to be an athlete, and I want to have my own shoe line. And you know, it, it, suddenly there's this artificial um, you know uh, level that says, well, you got to be a pro to do that. You got to get paid in your sport before you can go and make money on your personal brand. And I think all they're doing is saying, no, that's not applicable. You know, my personal brand is my personal brand. I should be able to monetize it. And oh, by the way, the services I'm, I'm providing bring in billions of dollars. Yeah, and so I think, right. it, I, you know, I think it's a, a timely argument to, to have. Uh, I think the political climate is one that supports um, you know change. I know that the states Uh, are going to use it uh, to create an an unfair playing field, if you will. Um, And that's why federal legislation needs to step in and set a national policy on it so that you don't have those situations. It's just, you know, and I've shared this with you before, Dave, it's one of those things that whatever we say today and whatever comes out on, on, you know, via the podcast, and it's just not going to be right you know, because there's so many moving pieces and there's so much money involved. It's just near impossible to be able to say, yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. Outside of, I think athletes are going to get paid. How it happens, who the winners and losers are, man, that's really up for, that's <laughs> up for a lot of discussion. And
0: it's not even just uh, just the monetary compensation. Uh, the Some of the federal bills that are being sponsored, one by, uh, by Cory Booker, uh, the one, well, he was a student athlete himself. He wants to set uh, set up a an athlete's bill of rights, which is not just monetary compensation. That's just one one facet of it. Actually, that one for him, it's not even the major one. It's more about um, uh, health and safety and uh, equality, uh, specifically for the genders. You know, for uh, gender sports. Uh, you know, that whole debacle with uh, the women's. Uh, women's basketball this year. Uh, they want to try to fix that.
1: Yeah. And again, this is, this is where social media has, you know, um, I'm not going to say inadvertently, but, but, but the notion of social media and, and voices now can be amplified and heard relatively quickly. I'm sure these inequities have been in place for the longest time. And it's simply couched as, well, the men's game brings in the lion's share of the money. And so we need to protect that. And, and you know, the women's game, it's important that, that women play, but they don't draw the money or the crowds or anything along those lines. And so they get, you but know, that's not actually true this year. So,
0: uh, you know, some facilities. of the ratings came out for you because know, the women's tournament is on ESPN while well, the men's is on CBS. But uh, the ESPN ratings have been actually very good, if, if not comparable to the men's.
1: Yeah, and you're right. You know, with it on ESPN, it's going to it's going to garner a larger audience, which is fantastic um, because the product is a good product and should be should be viewed with the same you know level of passion. If you like basketball, a women's game is worth watching, and you should really be you know starting from that position. But I think you know again. We can, we're going to have this conversation now, but <laughs> in a year when we go back to listen to this, Dave, I can almost assure you we're, we're going to, it's going to be, a, you know, a palm to the forehead moment uh, for what we say and, and what we believe <laughs> and what actually transpires because it's just way too, it's too big of a business. You know, almost NCAA is too big to fail, but a lot, I think a lot of people are gunning for them to fail. Um, there are a lot of people lining up to take advantage of this um, be it attorneys and managers and agents yeah it's going be it's going to be really really interesting I, I I remember in our earlier discussions about this talking about who might be a loser in all of this and I think one of the biggest losers could be the small-time schools I mean in this year's tournament you've got some would argue the, the best basketball team that's ever taken the court in Gonzaga
0: Gonzaga is a small school from a small conference in Spokane, Washington, certainly not a major media market. So if and when some of these uh, state level ones and the uh, NIL or name image likeness bills start getting signed, you're going to start seeing major schools suddenly having big, deep pockets. And Gonzaga, small school and a small conference, as good as they are
1: now, they won't be able to compete in the future. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm afraid of. That it won't be Butler's and, and the Dayton's and you know the Miami, Miami of Ohio's. It will be the University of Miami. It will be the USC's. It'll be the ones that, that cut uh, incredibly lucrative deals with the Nike's of the world. And I, I don't mean to throw Nike under the bus, but uh, I think they're going to do what makes sense for their business and they're going to select the Dukes and then North Carolinas and others like that to really uh, drive, you know, their brand. And so again, I don't, I don't have any ill things to say about what Nike's going to do or what CAA or Wasserman media group or others that, that are agencies and the lawyers. And uh, it's just going to be, interesting to watch how it all plays out. And, and I just get this feeling that the Daytons of the world are going to be the ones that are negatively impact, uh, impacted by this. And it's going to be, you know, UNC, Duke, Kansas, UCLA, uh, Stanford, maybe um, some of the some of the schools. And now, you know, could be a Harvard who's going to have, a, you know, a crud ton of money to operate with. Um, and now they maybe they become a powerhouse in both football and uh, <laughs> basketball. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I, I wanted to ask you who who do you think are gonna be the losers? I, I, I think we agree. That well, it's interesting are- you say that
0: specifically for for football. It's gonna be kind of tough because it's so just the way that it's set up is it's really hard for anybody outside of the the, the big uh, Power Five conferences can get in. But for March Madness. Uh, half of the field is the winners of small conference. Yeah. And and I think so you can still get an Abilene Christian interesting article uh, that uh, just came out. You remember they the opening round, they beat Texas, their their big rival. What number 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 three seed, I think number two seed. Anyways, they had an interview with the president of the university and he said that that upset victory was worth. 120 million dollars worth of free advertising for the school. I mean, a lot of people had no idea about Abilene Christian and Christian University and probably can't even point out Abilene on a map. But now there's somebody thinking about, hey, that's an interesting school. So maybe worth it could be, you know, just get the, 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 the snowball effect.
1: Yeah, possibly. I think where, where there might be a flaw in your, your thinking um, because I do agree with you that the smaller conferences get an automatic berth into the tournament, but I think the haves and the have nots are going to separate themselves even further that, that North Carolina is just going to be that much better. And when they're a one, two or a three seed, they're not going to be losing to the 14, 15 or 16 seed because the Delta between the 14, 15, and 16 seed and the one, two, and three are going to be huge. And, you know, that's one of the arguments that they've had about the, the, the women's uh, game is that the Yukons of the world, the powerhouses c- continue to um, get the great players. That it's really difficult for uh, unheralded higher seed or, or lower, I guess, lower seed to <laughs> end up in the, in the final four or in the elite eight. So I'm curious. I think there's just going to be a a growing gap. Yeah, Abilene Christian could win their um, win their conference and and be invited to the tournament, but they're going to get blown out, and that's what I'm kind of concerned about. Because boy, I mean, what makes March Madness so awesome is when a 15 seed takes out a two, or, or or a 13 or a 14, and and they do it within the brat. Uh, you know. Every year it seems like there's somebody, you know, it's like upset weekend, and somebody who is a four, five, six seed, that's what makes it, exciting, it always yeah. feels like there's a four seed that that loses. And and that's what that's really what I hope doesn't happen. That you know, and, and if the argument is purely about paying the players or not paying the players, I'm fine with the players getting paid. I uh, they are talented athletes who are. Um, putting it all out there for entertainment and for their, it's their vocation. That's what their calling is. And they should, if they're going to generate a lot of money, they should be participants in it. I know that if my business took off, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to make money. And I don't see why student athletes, especially at the collegiate level, you know, they're adults. They're old enough to vote. They they drive. They, They can hold down jobs. Why can't they? make money for the school and and get compensated well, according
0: to the the ncaa they are supposedly student athletes and they going back to the proposal for the athlete bill of rights one of them is lifetime scholarship if you get that scholarship then it's not just you have to use it in the four years that you're playing because then you have to it, your sport is your full-time job basically and, oh, yeah, and I also have to take classes, collegiate level classes. So if they take the burden of you have to finish your education now and you can do it after your playing days are over, it might make things a little uh, uh, easier. That could be some sort of, I don't know, say compensation. But uh, Yeah,
1: well, look, I mean, you and I, in just in this 15 minutes of chatting, have pointed out a number of variables already. And I'm sure there's dozens more that we're not even thinking about. Uh, health insurance, your disability insurance. What happens if you get hurt, yep. you know, playing and you're getting paid? Do you get disability? Um, so there's lots of because you're on the job. Are you going to be viewed as an independent contractor or as an employee? So there's a lot, a lot at stake here. And because the numbers are so big on money, uh, the sharks, the vultures, <laughs> they're all circling. <laughs> and Oh, Unfortunately, yes. maybe the NCAA is going to be the uh, dead corpse that, that is drawing all the attention. I mean, it's hard to say, but look, the NCAA, you know, like I said, is over a hundred year old institution. On the surface, they're not liked by lots of people. People complain about it, but at the end of the day, I'm sure they're going to try and put their best foot forward and talk about all the benefits that the, the NCAA as an organization um, creates, and I'm sure they have been donors to both political parties, and are going to lobby <laughs> yes. like hell to make sure that that the status quo remains as much as it possibly can. I think that I think the the carts, you know, out of the out of the barn, or the horses out of the barn, whatever cliche you want to put there. <laughs>
0: And uh, uh, whichever animal outside of whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <The> pig is <laughs> out, out of the, the pen, um. <laughs> the I think that I,
0: I think that before this is done, the NCAA is probably going to say, "Well, okay, we're sorry, and we'll start self-policing ourselves." And it's just going to be more lip service, and people just aren't going to buy
1: it anymore. Yeah, I I, I think there's going to they're going to have to give far more than they think or want to, but I think they're going to come up with a a way to survive and still be the ultimate arbiter. Um, but, but you've got so many uh, groups coming into the table saying, you know, they want a piece.
0: One, one thing that uh, we didn't mention is non-revenue sports. We've been talking about, you know, there's really only three or four revenue sports out there, men's and women's basketball, men's football, possibly men's baseball and softball and possibly hockey too. But that's about it. A lot of them are non-revenue sports. Yeah. And how is the? How are these cases, specifically the name image likeness ones, uh, at the state level, how
1: are they going to be affected? I don't think that the laws are going to care if you play a sport that doesn't generate revenue. It's about your personal brand. Maybe they're just going to look at it like, hey, this is all about the money that's coming in and making sure that those athletes who are generating this money get paid. And if you are an athlete in a non-popular sport, hey, make of it what you can, you know, go do the deal with the local car dealership. If, you know, if you're a wrestler in Iowa, which, you know, wrestling is a big sport in in Iowa and in the Midwest. So maybe you'll have some local no- notoriety and you can turn that into, you know, a billboard or or represent a product for that that area. But it's not going to be national and it's not going to be the millions of dollars that that like a Trevor Lawrence would have received everything. Somebody calculated he would have made a hundred million dollars. Very,
0: very much. Uh, depending on how well you develop your brand, it, your your followers aren't going to abandon you after your career is over or will they?
1: Uh, yeah, it's hard to say, you know, I think, I think collegiate sports um, is something that we remember the great players um, and fans will remember you and they, they may you know, follow you, and you turn that into some type of paycheck, even if you're not playing in the, in the pro leagues. But it's really going to be the haves and the have-nots. The Zion Williams, Williamsons of the world are going to do quite well. Um, the Trevor Lawrence is the world are going to do quite well. But the third string, you know, left tackle, he's probably not going to have that type of deal. But that's why I'm I'm curious if there's going to be more of a union. Oh, bargaining, yeah, yeah, it was collective bargaining, minimum salaries, that sort of thing for all players in all sports at a university. It's
0: interesting because this whole thing started. We were talking about you know twenty years ago with or twenty five years ago now. Geez, with uh, with Ed O'Bannon and UCLA, and mm-hmm. uh, he was one of the first people to to bring this up, at least from a name, image, likeness standpoint. And the whole thing started because he saw his likeness in the video game, in the NCAA basketball video game. Mm-hmm. And EA Sports uh, had a person who looked like him and had his number and his stats playing for UCLA, but it didn't have his name on it. Yeah. And so <laughs> he wasn't getting compensated. So it's funny because I recently read that EA Sports is now start is now preparing to come out with NCAA football and NCAA basketball uh video games again
1: yeah and it's gonna have you know they'll ch- churn them out every year and it's gonna have each of the you know the star players as well as the the non-star players all getting you know a payday right so I will
0: think. that third string left tackle for uh <laughs> for division two school actually get a little something out of it <laughs>
1: well look i you know and we can we can speak for hours about video games and it's up a whole new world of opportunities and, and sure these guys should get paid. It's just one of those purest questions. Are they student athletes or are they athletes who happen to be students? Now we'll be able to react to it. And from a business perspective, we'll be able to uh, take advantage of the rules that are created and maximize our opportunities in working with athletes. Not, uh, not worried about that side of it, but I just don't know what that looks like right now. And I think it's, a, it's a, only a matter of time. Uh, I would be surprised if there isn't well I mean the, Florida's law is July 1 I believe.
0: Yeah, I think
1: And so. you know none of the uh none of the bills in Congress have gotten out of committee right. yet. And you know look the glacial they're basically state, all
0: waiting for the Supreme Court case too. Well, yeah, cuz
1: nobody's interested in putting in a whole lot of work if if they believe the Supreme Court's just going to kibosh the whole thing for whatever yeah, it's going to be interesting. But it, I do want to know. I, th- I think right now there's 30 states that have mm, yeah, um, some form of legislation on the books that means 20 don't. Um I think they're going to be rushing to that to get something on the books so that, so that you don't have this drain of talent going to places where they where they can be paid. So I haven't done a deep analysis of the the laws between say California and Florida, but you know, Florida I think was the the first to enact it uh but florida's got a start date that's earlier something along those lines and and so i could see that that was re- that was a natural reaction you know california does it and suddenly it's like well i have a chance to go to ucla or usc and get paid and hang out on the beach and it's hollywood and there's agents there i mean this is a dream come true i may not want to go to nebraska or iowa um if I can, you know, make it in Los Angeles. So mm, good point. I, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really interesting. And I, I, I'm just praying that the end product doesn't suffer because of it, but who knows?
0: So I think we'll end it there, but we certainly didn't answer any questions, but <laughs> we, uh, at least we stirred up the pot a little bit and
1: made, made people think, oh, cool. Isn't that what podcasts are supposed to do? You know, they become irritating enough and infuriating because they don't ever answer the question Um, because the the person doing the podcast is worried about all the flack they'll get on social media for whatever position they took. So I think it's safe to say that for those who uh, are listening to this, Dave and I have no idea what this is going to look like. Um, (laughs) We are going to follow it. We'll probably do a number of other uh, podcasts around this topic. I'm always happy to be a guest on your show, Dave, um, yeah. to talk about these things and and maybe we maybe we check in, you know, every six or eight weeks or something, and, and just talk about this and see what's what's transpired. Um, almost like a mo- uh, a rolling history of the of the NIL. Uh, Absolutely, Dave. yeah. Uh, thanks for your time, Dave. Uh, appreciate being All on right. the show. Good talking to you. All right, take care.
0: Well that does it for this week's episode of the Level Play Sports Podcast. I'd like to thank my buddy John Hallman from Level Play Sports for chatting with me. Hope you enjoyed our conversation and learned something along the way. If you like what you heard today then please subscribe and you'll be notified of future episodes. Also if you like what you heard then feel free to leave something in the comments. Of course don't be a troll. But if you want to discuss anything we've been talking about here or have any ideas for future episodes, then we'd love to hear from you. Okay, well, that's it for now. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Level Play Podcast, where we will discuss athlete brand management in more detail. For the Level Play Podcast, I'm Dave Kalin. Have a good one.